they're wanting you to have all the responsibility of parenting and raising the child, but no authority. Yeah. Or another way I like that you've put it before is they are okay with you loving them like your own, but not disciplining them like your own or discipline them at all. Right. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 240 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. So happy new year to all our listeners. We hope you had a great holiday season. Yeah, all the madness is finally over. Or is it? Well, I was gifted with the flu. <laughs> and not for me. Not for clear. me. <laughs> and here we are a week later, and it's still kicking my booty. But. You sound a whole lot better than you have been. Good. Thank you, David. You're even smiling today. I hadn't seen a smile in like a week. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so let's knock this out while we can. I know. While I have energy. All right, before we get started, we're going to do this episode a little differently than we have in the past. We are going to talk about some basic rules of nachoing. But before we get started with that, I want to remind you that in addition to this podcast, there is a website where we have blogs, and there is also the Nacho Kids Academy where there are video courses, the Nacho Kids Boot Camp Challenge, Q&A calls, a private anonymous community, a private journaling feature, and so much more. Yeah. No reason for you not to get the help you need. That's right. All right. So let's get started, David, before okay. I get tired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do it. And before we start with the rules, let's just clarify that if you have a good relationship with your stepkids and your blend is going wonderfully, you don't need to nacho. These rules and the art of nachoing are for those who are struggling in their blend. At least full-on nacho. We'll say it that way. Okay. Because there are times when you'll still find that you're nachoing, even when things are great, you still do it. Yep. So it's that... When we're initially helping a couple, we tend to have them do things that are very drastic in the beginning, understanding that this is not how it's always going to be. And so these rules come from that point. We're assuming that you probably are in a place where you need to take some drastic measures, and therefore these things are not there to say you should be doing these things all the time, no matter what your relationship is with your significant other or their kids. That's right. not the case. So kind of lay that groundwork, the disclaimer for these. Right. And like you said, 14 years later, there are still certain kids that I have to not do certain things with. Yep. And it changes. Mm-hmm. But the goal of nachoing is to lower the stress in the blend and to create healthy relationships with those in the blend. All right. With that said, dive in. All right. Here we go. Finally. Number one, you cannot say anything negative to or about the stepkid. Yes. That is probably the most broken rule. (laughs) 
It's the hardest. <laughs> it is because, uh, okay, let's give some descriptions or some examples rather. Let's give some examples of what would be negative, especially when people don't think it is. So give us a few of those. Okay. For example, telling the stepkid, hey, little Johnny, you need to take the trash out. Negative. Hey, little Johnny, you need to go brush your teeth. Negative. Little Johnny, you're not getting any dessert if you don't eat your broccoli. Negative. Why are those negative, David? Those things don't work because you put the target on your back. You're telling the kid what to do. You're doling out consequences. And there's not that relationship there yet. And that's why there's problems. Right. You didn't date the stepkid. And you haven't built that relationship with them. Their parent telling them those things is completely different than you telling them those things. Mm -hmm. And I get, I should be able to tell the kid to take out the trash. My gosh. Well, you may feel that you should. But it doesn't always work that way. No. you And you will get to a point, if you follow the process, where you can do that. Right. That's, but that's the whole thing is you got, you have to follow the process and get to that point. Right. Okay. And what about saying anything negative about the stepkid? Oh, boy. Yeah. So that would be like, uh, hey, honey, uh, little Johnny didn't take out the garbage when I asked him to. And again? It, or, uh, yeah, again. Or it was his chore and he didn't do it. Uh, Susie didn't do the dishes. Mm -hmm. you know, your son has been on the iPad for more than an hour. Like you said, you would keep him, you know, tied down to that no more than an hour. And it's been an hour and one minute. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> well, here's the thing, too. As a bio parent, when someone says anything negative about our kid, we get defensive. We kick into mama slash papa bear. But we also hear, you're a crappy parent. You're doing this wrong. Why aren't you raising your kid the right way? Yeah. And trust me, we had a big issue with this. So it is not us throwing stones. We had problems where we thought that talking about the kids and the problems was the thing to do. And so I would even say, hey, Lori, call me when she dropped the kids off and tell me how the morning went, which was just an invitation for let's complain about everything that happened that morning. Right. And then what happens, too, is if David says something about my kid, then I kick into tit for tat. Yeah. Well, what about your kid? Your kid yep. didn't do this or your kid did that. So yeah. it's best not to say anything negative to or about the stepkid. And again, things aren't always going to be this way. But I will say, even after 14 years, you still have to be careful with your words. Absolutely. So let's, let's talk about what to do instead in this particular rule. So let's say little Johnny didn't take the trash out. Instead, okay. of, instead of telling little Johnny take out the trash, which might not end well, or instead of saying, honey, little Johnny didn't take out the trash like he was supposed to, the thing to do would be when your significant other comes in at some point, you don't have to nail him as soon as he walks in the door, but you could be like, honey, uh, can you help me get the uh, trash and take it out, please? Uh, while I 
do whatever. Let's say you've got to do the dishes. Can you help me by taking the trash out while I'm doing the dishes? Something like that. You never right. mention you never mention the kid's name. You never mention what they did or didn't do. You just simply said, the trash needs to be taken out. Will you help me do it? Right. And then the biological parent, more than likely, and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this, but the biological parent more than likely notices that if it was Johnny's chore and Johnny didn't do it, he notices that. Mm-hmm. I know some of you are like, oh, he's oblivious to everything. No, he's probably not oblivious. He's probably just choosing not to do anything about it. It's not that big of a deal to him. Right. And at that point, the biological parent can decide, I'll take the trash out because little Johnny's busy. Or little Johnny needs to take the trash out, and I'm going to tell him he needs to. But here's the other thing. Y'all, there's so much to this. This is why we have the academy. When your partner tells... Little Johnny, they need to take the trash out. The worst thing your partner can do is say, Little Johnny, your stepmama said you didn't take the trash out again. Yeah. So thanks. Uh, appreciate you putting the target on my back anyway. Right. The goal of this is to remove the target from your back, lower the stress in the blend, create healthy relationships. Yeah. So you have to think about it like from the, the positive negative standpoint. Probably. You're in a position where there's already been a lot of negative created. Maybe there's not. Maybe you're, you haven't been in the relationship long and you want to make sure you're starting out on the right foot. Then let's start out by creating massive amounts of positive first. And, right. You know, you know, you've heard the saying before about the positive deposits and negative withdrawals from your, you know, relationship bank. Yep. Five positives, one negative. Right. I heard it was not about relationships, but it was kind of a similar analogy recently where a person was talking about fruit and they were like, you know, you talk about having positive and negative and there's, you know, one negative to five positives kind of things. But if you had a bowl of fruit and there were five good apples and then one rotten apple in the bowl, most time people don't take the rotten apple out. They just throw all of it out. Because the rotten apple has touched all the rest of it. Yes. You see? So when you think about it from a blended family standpoint, I think that's more like what it is. In the nuclear family or other relationships, it might be five to one and you're okay. In a blended family, it's more like one negative kind of just spoils all the positive. Yes, exactly. Now, I do want to add one more thing. When we talk about don't say anything negative about the stepkid, that includes to your in-laws. Oh, yes. If you're over for Thanksgiving at your in-laws and the mother-in-law says, Hey, Lori, how's Ethan doing in math? Or how's Ethan doing in school? And if you say, Well, he's doing better, but he's still struggling in math. That can easily turn into, Lori said Ethan was stupid and he's failing math. Yeah. Or they'll start probing. Like, uh, well, don't you think he needs to stay after school to get help? Don't you right. think he needs a tutor? And all of a sudden now you're giving your opinions. Right. So and <laughs> it, could, it can go sideways on you. The best way to handle that is when the mother-in-law or father-in-law says something about the stepkids. You can say, I'm not sure. You need to ask their other bio parent or you need to ask their bio parent. Right. Defer as much as you can to a biological parent. Yes. 
And it's, it's for more reasons than just keeping the target off your back too. It's also because I think oftentimes certain biological parents have not had the responsibility of doing full on parenting very long, even, even though they've been separated or divorced or whatever. And so getting them used to doing full on parenting helps everybody. Right. Now, David, you admit that when we got married, that you expected me to take on a lot of these parental roles. Yeah. In my mind, what I was doing was I was literally plucking out their mom and putting you in the place. And there we go. There's, you know, new wife, new mom. You know, you were, you were doing all the, the mom duties that were there before. That's what I thought it should look like. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> yep. So, you know, for me, like my, my ex didn't work. So she stayed home, raised the kids. And, and so you came into the picture and you did work. Well, she did work. She did work when we got divorced, but anyway, that's another side story. Anyway, there was a, there was a definite split of roles and responsibilities. And so in my mind, I was thinking you were coming in, taking those same roles and responsibilities. Right. Yep. Okay. So that's one of the rules. <laughs> <laughs> that's rule number one. Now yeah. you understand why these things are um, easier said than done, because there's a lot of nuances around it. And now you understand why it's not as simple as answering your question in a Facebook group to help you. Right. Yeah, even with all this we've given you, it's still a very fact-specific determination of what we would tell you to do based on your specific situation, which is, again, why the Academy's there. Right. So when we have a Q&A call, one of my first questions to people is, explain to me the dynamics. How long have you been blending? How is the relationship with the bio mom? How often do you have the kids? Because all those things play a role into our responses. Yeah. Yeah, I know <laughs> there's been a couple of times we've had people give us the rundown and they were given this, this advice. And then later on in the conversation, or maybe in another Q uh, and a call, they throw something else in there that they didn't think was maybe that important. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. Now everything we told you before is out the window because you didn't tell us this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and now we got to start over. So that's why it's very, very important for us to understand everything you can possibly tell us about what's going on. Right. Okay. Another rule is you cannot expect more from the stepkid than their own bio parents do. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that, that kind of plays into the previous scenario. So, you, you know, why can't I expect little Johnny to take out the trash? Because their bio parent never asked them to or never made yeah. them. Yeah. And you come in as the drill sergeant, take out the trash, put your shoes up, and you are personifying the evil step parent. Yeah. It's, it's funny because you sometimes you even hear people say, I'm going to whip this family into shape. <laughs> like, that's not going to go well. Yep. <laughs> so. An example of that would be, I expect my son to come in from school, do his homework before he plays on the computer. 
David is of the mentality of the kids have been at school all day. They need an hour or so to enjoy the day before they start doing their homework. If I tell the stepkids, you need to come in and do your homework before you go play, that's not going to bode well because I'm expecting something their own bio parents don't. So another story you've told before is how one of my kids would, um, every time he would go to do like the dishes, that I would usually do it with him. And it drove me crazy. <laughs> and to you, you were like, why are you always helping this kid do his chores? You know, I expect him to be able to do his own chores. He's not learning anything. It's kind of the mentality I think you probably had about it. And then one day, I think you'd mentioned it to me. Uh, and fortunately, you'd mentioned it to me in a way that did not make me mad <laughs> because we had a discussion about it. <laughs> but I told you, I was like, this is the only time I can really spend with him because he's either he's always at school or he's doing homework or he's doing all these other activities. And so that 15 minutes of loading and unloading the dishwasher is the only time I feel like I get to spend one-on-one -on -one time with him. And so I use that time for that. And then you were like, huh? Okay. Yeah. Make me feel like an idiot. It completely changes the way you look at things, mm -hmm. which is, which is important because a big part of the healthy aspects of nachoing is how you look at things because nothing in that scenario changed except how you looked at it. And it can, and completely changed your feelings toward it. Right. And again, this is something that we teach in the academy because you have to change the way you look at things. Yep. We have a whole challenge. Change your stinking thinking. Yep. And it's not just for your benefit. It's for everybody's. Yes. That kind of goes in hand with another rule. You can't care more about the stepkids than the bio parents do. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so the, the rule number, the second one, it would be more like, this is the expectations I have for the kid. This one, we're talking about the expectations we have for their parent. Yes. So, for instance, if I feel little Johnny has ADD and needs to be, needs to go to the doctor to be assessed or diagnosed, but David doesn't feel that way then guess what? David's the parent. He gets to make those decisions. I can think all day long that little Johnny needs to go to the doctor and get on ADD medicine, but unless David is on board with that, then it's useless. Or David could be on board with it, but the other bio parent could not be. And it's the same scenario. It's not your place legally to make these decisions about the kid, regardless of how much it's driving you crazy and how much you feel these kids need help. Yeah, I think one of the areas we see this a lot is with school grades. Yes. And you know, we even had that. There was a time when I just kind of threw my hands up with my kids. I think it was maybe their last year of school. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? If you fail, you fail. I'm not chasing you down and not you know, doing anything about these, your grades anymore. And I'm, I'm flabbergasted, y'all. I'm like, what? You're giving up on your kids. Yep. It's like, I'm just going to let consequences be consequences because you are literally driving me insane 
chasing three of you down about grades all the time. Mm -hmm. And so Lori's like, what? <laughs> you're not going to do anything about their grades. You're just going to let them run rampant. You're going to let them fail. You're going to let them do this. You're going to let them do that. And I was like, yeah, I am. Because the consequences I'm giving them apparently don't matter. Plus, I couldn't enforce the consequences more than a week at a time because mom wasn't doing anything. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just let uh, the other consequences of failing follow. And guess what? One of them had to go to summer school. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they had to pay for summer school. Yeah, out of their own pocket. So I was like, oh, well. Yep. I tried to prevent this from happening to you, but, you know, you didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did. I struggled with that because I did feel like you were giving up on your kids. But, again, you've got 17-year-olds. What are you going to do? Beat them until they do their homework? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I did all that I could do being, again, that anything I did was not enforced in the other household either. So, I, you know, I stuck with my parenting as much as I could. But once I got to the point where I think it was really – bothering me and my mental health because it was that stressful. It got to the point where I was feeling stressed knowing that my kids were coming back for a week. That's when I was like, okay, something's got to change because mm -hmm. if, if I'm feeling like I don't want my kids here because it's so stressful, something's got to change. Right. Yep. All right. And again, we could go on and on and on about each one of these, but we're trying to keep this kind of short for you. Another rule. You cannot parent them like your own. Yep. I know. I hear all you people screaming at me through this radio. <laughs> I do parent them like my own. They are my own. I love them just like my own. Okay. I hope your partner, significant other, is supportive of you disciplining their children. Because oftentimes, more than not, the bio parent is okay with you feeding the child, clothing the child, doing the laundry, doing homework, taxiing the kids everywhere. But when it comes to discipline and putting little Johnny on restriction, that's a no-go. They're wanting you to have all the responsibility of parenting and raising the child, but no authority. Yeah. Or another way I like that you've put it before is they are okay with you loving them like your own, but not disciplining them like your own or discipline them at all. Right. Yep. Exactly. So and, and we see this a lot and step parents complain about it. You know, he expects me to do all these great things, but I have no authority to do anything else. You're right. Mm -hmm. You don't. I was going to, again, at some point, you do gain some authority in the household in a lot of cases, but you're not there yet. And remember, our first part of the episode, <laughs> you're not there yet. Right. And two, your partner may say, oh, I'm all for you disciplining little Johnny because they don't want to be the bad guy. And they want you to be the bad guy. And then they come in and little Johnny's in the corner and they're saying, what's going on? And you say, well, I had to put little Johnny in the corner because he did such and such and such and such. And they're like, oh, no, little Johnny, come on. Get out of the corner. You don't have to be punished. Yeah. 
Yep. And if you've got kids, uh, you know, you, you could punish, let's say you punish a stepkid. It could very easily be viewed as you're always punishing him. Yep. You're, you know, you're never punishing your own for the exact same thing, which can happen and does happen. Yeah. Cause let's be real. They are not your kids. So you are going to see what they do differently and quicker than your own kids. Yeah. Your kid yeah. can act like a fool at the playground and you're not going to notice it, but you let somebody else's kid act like a fool. That's the only thing you can focus on. Yeah. Or at a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's kids screaming at a restaurant is like, oh my God, would they do something with their kids? And then when you're there with your kids and they're screaming, <laughs> you're much more tolerant. Yep. So for instance, David and I are sitting in the living room. One of his kids is doing something. Let's say screaming, running through the house, acting like a banshee. Mm -hmm. David doesn't notice it. But I'm about to go crazy. It's because it's his own kid. He's used to the chaos. I'm not. So I'm sitting there thinking, do you not hear this kid? And David's over there watching this movie. I'm like, how can you watch anything with the kids screaming? Yep. And it's not that he's ignoring his kid. He is just used to the kid and the chaos. Mm -hmm. The house is so alive. I oh, love it. Lord. <laughs> it was that way. You remember when, when like, all my kids moved out? We were like, wow, it's quiet around here. Not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. And then one of them came back to visit and we're like, whew, didn't take long for us to not miss that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. The next rule is you can't expect them to treat you as their parent because you're not. Yeah. So give some examples of where this falls into to play. For instance, you may tell your kid to do something. They say, okay, daddy. I tell your kid to do something and they roll their eyes. And what do you immediately think? That's disrespectful. Right. Or you can say to your kid, little Johnny. And he's like, what? And you're like, you need to do this. Okay, dad. A step parent says, little Johnny, what? Oh, how dare that child say what to me? You say ma'am to me. You say ma'am to me, boy. <laughs> you're not the parent. You may look at things differently as far as disrespect than your partner does. Yeah. And this is the this is what gets step parents in so much trouble because they often don't look at the fact that they are trying to fill a role that is not open. So whether their parent is there or not there, deceased in prison doesn't matter. That role is never open for you. Right. Even if the stepkid comes with you and says, I want you to be my mommy, that it, it's still not the exact same role. It is a very different role that has to be redefined. Well, and two, say for instance, the stepkid, the step parent puts the stepkid on restriction. You can't play your iPad for an hour. Three weeks later, that kid's still going to be pissed at that 
step parent. If it was the bio parent that set down that rule or that discipline, that wouldn't be the case. From a kid's standpoint, there's a level of expectation that they will be parented by the parent. They will the parent will dole out consequences, and there's already bonds of love there. Right. That's why I always say the bio parent needs to parent their kid, and their kid needs them to parent them. Mm-hmm. And then, as you mentioned earlier, the bio parent should try their best to keep the step parent away from any kind of negative interactions and don't say things like you said earlier, which is, well, Lori told me this, or Lori said you talk back to her or Lori, whatever, you know, or, or just, just take the trash out. I'm tired of hearing Lori complain about it. Yeah. Just anything. It's kind of like, you know, the, the first rule we said, don't say anything negative to or about the step kid. It, it works in reverse when you're the bio parent talking about, uh, well, I'll just say step mom or step parent. Mm-hmm. So don't say anything to the kid that is negative about the step parent. Right. Yep. All right, folks, we're going to end there. Yep. But, that's a good place to stop because I think yep. we got several more and we'll pick, pick that up on the next episode. Sounds good because my energy is failing me. It's dwindling. I see it. It's she's dwindling, like, dwindling, she's dwindling. withering. She's withering like a flower I'm without withering. the sunlight. <laughs> yes. Time for a nap. <laughs> All right, folks, thanks for listening. Hope you got some value out of today's episode. Be sure to share it out and uh, listen to it a few times if you need to. Make sure some of these things sink in. As you notice, there's a lot of nuances about how to properly nacho, and uh, it's not easy, y'all. Look, this step parenting is tough, and we've made, I wouldn't say all the mistakes, but we've made a lot of them so that we can help you hopefully avoid as many Yes. And if you have a question you would like us to answer, shoot it to us at contactus at nachokids.com. All right, folks. See you next week. And remember, life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.